0: Hey, Fellowship family, it's really good to be here as we continue now on our third week in this series called Unstuck. This morning, we're going to be talking about uh, being unstuck with your family, getting unstuck with your family. And uh, as always, each of the weeks through this series, we've been asking you to hashtag FBC Unstuck and to complete a sentence for us. This week, our our sentence was, or our question was, what's the best thing my, your mom or dad ever said to you? And we've got some pretty interesting responses one said this, the best thing my mom ever said to me was that there's absolutely nothing I could ever do to, to make her stop loving me. Another one said, when I was 42 years old, my dad, for the first time, said to me, son, I love you. I'm proud of you. Someone said, my mom told me, always told me, you get more with honey than you do with vinegar. And if you're going to wallow with the pigs, you're going to get dirty. I like this one. One parent said to their child, you've got a chip on your shoulder. And then this one, this is my absolute favorite. It says, um, the best thing my dad ever said uh, to me was, you know, you don't have to marry him. And so I didn't. (laughs) Uh, Next week, continue on this discussion. We're going to be talking about finances. And I'd like you to answer this one. What's the worst purchase you ever made? Uh, F, uh, hashtag that FVC unstuck and, uh, we'll share them next week. I know what some of you are saying. If you were here two weeks ago, some might say six wheeled amphibious unit for me. But, uh, yes, it was. It lasted a total of 15 minutes. All right. Let's talk about what it looks like, uh, in your family. Cause I think you came here this morning to really get unstuck with your family. And over and over, I hear that families are stuck with something that's called a blessing. And so I want to talk to you about how you can be a blessing in your family today. And here's why. I, I think God is our Heavenly Father who loves to bless His children. When I think about even on the first, first uh, chapter or the first book of the Bible, after God created Adam and Eve in His image, male and female, He created them. He blessed them. Look what it said in verse 28. It says, And God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the heavens, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. You see, God not only blessed them, but he called them to be a blessing. If you trace this word blessing throughout the book of Genesis, you're going to find this this is what it means. Uh, Literally in Hebrew, it sounds like this, Barak. You don't have to say it, but that's what it sounds like. And it means I accept you. It means I've come to add or increase to your life. It's a positive thing. It's a it's an it's to honor someone with value. There's another word, and it's the contrasting word to the word blessing, and it's the curse it means horar that's what it means in or that's how it sounds in hebrew and what that literally means is rejection to limit when it talks about a stream or a river drying up it's a biblical word for that it's horars it 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 uh, trickles it goes to a trickle you limit you limit something that's positive actually you paralyze someone from growing or you you humiliate them and as you take a look at these two uses of these words is that the main point is that God wants you to be a blessing. He wants you to be a blessing, and he's blessed us. Our Heavenly Father has blessed us to be a blessing in our families. As Moses took the children of Israel out of Egypt and brought them to the edge of the Promised Land, he transferred his leadership to Joshua. And you see that God had called in, in the end of the book of Deuteronomy, where he's preparing the handoff of leadership, He calls Israel to this. He says this, I call heaven and earth to witness against you today that I have set before you life and death. Here are those two words, blessing and curse. Therefore, choose life that you and your offspring or your family, your children will live. Literally, what it's saying is that that blessing is life giving. That that when you when you choose to love the Lord and when you follow him, you will be a blessing in every environment God has for you. Here he was speaking to the family and he was calling them choose life. You can be life giving in your family. Everyone's looking to be blessed. Did you realize that? And when you don't bless them, when you're silent with a blessing, people cry out for the blessing. They look for the blessing. That blessing of acceptance, that blessing of love, that blessing of affirmation. And uh, as I've realized, as you follow this word throughout the book of of Genesis, you'll find that uh, at that point where that was being passed on from one generation to the next. As a matter of fact, if you outline the whole book of Genesis, all 50 chapters, it would be about one blessing or one promise from God in four families, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob and Joseph. We're going to talk about Joseph in a little bit, but Jacob stole the blessing from his his brother Esau and and Jacob stole it from Isaac or from Esau. And it created all that dysfunction that we talked about several weeks ago when Esau showed up at. At, uh, in the presence of Isaac and, and realized he did not get that blessing. Look at what he says in Genesis twenty-seven thirty-four. He cried out with an exceedingly great and bitter cry and said to his father, Bless me, even me also, O my father. I find that when the family is not intentional, and again we talked about the intentional life being uh, the way to being un- and staying unstuck. I find that when we're not intentional with the blessing, our families cry out for it. You have people in your family, no matter what role you you fill, whether you're a son or daughter or brother or sister or father or mother uh, or 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 um, any type of relative there. You've been placed there to be a blessing. And when you don't and when you aren't a blessing, people cry out for it. Hey, where has the blessing gone? I see this as a, as a blessing missing in many families today. And some, like Jacob, has been stolen. It's been stolen from some kids to be given to the others. And some kids have greater needs than others. And sometimes uh, some kids can just always be in the taking angle. And so if you're one of those kids in the family, you can kind of be in the in the shadows. And then you get to adulthood and you go, boy, mom and dad were just pouring into this child. And that kind of stole it away from me. Others of us, we can be distracted. We can have a screen in front of our faces. Our family can be around us, but we're just distracted. We're distracted from listening. We're distracted from speaking into. And so, again, now we've probably spent a lot of time with our families, but we're not intentional with that time. And so we're distracted. Hurry is the enemy to relationship. And as long as you're just chasing the next thing and you're not intentional with that you're distracted with the blessing. Others of us are just passive with it. We're silent with the blessing. No one ever blessed us or we felt we're intentional with it. So we don't feel we have the tools that are needed to to give a blessing, to speak a life-giving blessing into people in our family. And then there's some of us who are angry or we're frustrated. People aren't acting the way we want them to act. And so we withhold it until they do what we want them to do. And we can control people with the blessing. And withhold it from others, and so as you look at that, I I just want you to, to to think about where are you right now. Would you say that your role in your family is more of a blessing, or is it a burden? I want to talk to you about how you can be a blessing in your family. And there's five ways to do this. And we're going to be looking at them. I want to give you the vision. And each week we call you to a vision. And we ask you to apply one aspect of this in your lives to a two-month plan. And so I want to talk to you about this. And I want to invite you to turn in your Bibles to Genesis chapter 49. Genesis chapter 49 is where Jacob is old and he's blessing his sons. He had 12 sons. Joseph was one of them. And if you remember the story from a few weeks back, we talked about Joseph growing up in this dysfunctional family where dad loved him more than every one of his brothers. And he kind of flaunted it to them. And so they got so angry with him that they sold him to into slavery And they brought back that coat of many colors that his father kind of just prided him with, with animal blood on it. And they they made up the story to his dad that he had been killed by an animal. And so, um, Jacob had been, Jacob had been mourning the loss of his son. If you've ever lost a child, you know exactly what Jacob was going through. You never forget about that. You always know, no matter how old you are, how old they would be at this time if they were living. But here comes Joseph. He, he's discovered in Egypt. He calls his father back into Egypt and he realized that God was always with his son. God had always blessed his son. That great loss became a great find and they reunite at the end of the book of Genesis. And, and at the end of Jacob's life, he find a picture of him blessing his son. We're going to take a look at this blessing specifically in the life of Joseph this morning because it's the longest blessing of Jacob in this passage. And it shows us how we can be a blessing. I want to share five ways we can be a blessing, and they're adapted from this book. It's probably one of the most popular books on what it looks like to be a blessing in your family. It's called The Blessing by John Trent and Gary Smalley. Over a million copies of this have been sold, and uh, many of you have read it. If you haven't, you want to go deeper with this, write this book down and uh, either download it or go and buy it. It's a great book to develop what I'm going to be talking about even further. First area, though, that we're called to be a blessing is in the area of accepting touch. Here we have Joseph bringing his two sons to his father Jacob, and it says in verse ten of Genesis forty-eight, it says the eyes of of Israel or Jacob, as another name for him, were dim with age, so that he could not see. So Joseph brought them near him, and he kissed them, and he embraced them. Many times throughout the scriptures, when someone gives a blessing, they're close. That you see hugging, you see kissing, and you know what? This is not a creepy kind of hugging and kissing. This is Middle Eastern. I grew up in uh, more of a Palestinian background, and so this was very common in families like that. I remember going over to my great grandmother's house uh, when I was growing up on Sunday afternoons, and my dad would stand at her side. Her walker would be over to the side, and and she would go, "Come here, Habibi," which means "honey" in 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 uh, Arabic. Come here, give me bosi, which means kiss. And I feared kissing my great grandmother because she smelled like mothballs and her breath was bad. But I, she would come up and she was old, "Come here, ha, mohalla," and then she'd set me out. And I would, "Thanks, great grandma." I knew she loved me. But if you're gonna be Arab, you're gonna be hugging. Maybe you're an Italian family or in a Greek family. You go "oppa" when you walk through the room, whatever. But it's it's that close knit. It's okay for you to be in my space. It's accepting. And you know what? You communicate a lot with accepting touch. A hand on the back. Even when you greet people and you put out your hand there, what's your it almost those words almost come out of my mouth. It's so good to see you. In other words, you're welcome into my space. We want to be people who are gathering around our family and we're okay putting our arms around them. We're okay giving them a kiss. We're okay sharing them it's good to be close to you, especially if their love language is physical touch. Can I just encourage you, dads, don't pull away from your son or daughter when they go through adolescence. It's real common for a dad to go, whoa, her body is changing. You die. What's happening to this woman? And you just kind of let her go. But I can tell you if her love language is physical touch If she does not find that in appropriate ways from you, she will look for it in others And you do not want the bearded seventh grade boy touching your daughter. Trust me (laughs) He does not have the resources that you do to love her So we need to know that a touch goes a long way an arm around when you're talking When my kids were really, really, their eyes were all around the room, I would take them by their cheeks and I would hold them and I would look, your daddy loves you so much so that I would have their attention. We want to be accepting with touch. And I think that's really important. I think that's no matter where you're at. I remember talking to several people just last night after I gave this message and one said, hey, I was uh, I was on a ship for seven months during the Korean War. And I remember I didn't touch anyone. The only time I touched anyone was when I ran into someone and I got off the boat. I was married and I went back to my wife and it was just odd being close to her again. And I had to really just go. I had not touched anyone in seven months. Some of you have children who maybe you've adopted who were um, isolated and not touched as a baby. And you know, it's a major transition to have accepting touch in their lives. And you're dealing with that. So when we have the opportunity, when we can be intentional, it's good to be around. It's good for the arm around. I do that with each of my boys. I've done that when two of them were in or all three of them were in the house. Now I only have one in the house before they left on a Monday morning. I would put my arm on their shoulder and I would pray with them. And I would just, it wouldn't be any magical powers in my touch, but it's amazing how much they felt a blessing for me, for me to pray for them. I remember in um, in Israel, when I went to the Wailing Wall, I saw a father blessing his two sons right in front of that wall. And that's kind of the uh, a sacred place in Judaism for uh, families to gather, men with their sons, and and bless them, pray a prayer of blessing. Look at how he's touching them. And giving them a blessing. Because accepting touch is a way we bless. Where are you? Some of you were born with Velcro on your wrist. So you just don't express with your hands. But I would just encourage you. What? How can you? How can you in an appropriate way to give a blessing? Secondly, and it's not only touch its words. And I want to talk to you about affirming words. Look at how Jacob blesses Joseph here in verse 22 of Genesis 40, Genesis 49. He says this. Joseph is a fruitful bow and literally that means tree because that's what that word means. A fruitful tree by a spring. His branches run over the wall. The archers bitterly attacked him, shot at him, and harassed him severely. Yet his bow remained unmoved. His arms were made agile by the hands of the mighty one of Jacob. From there is the shepherd, the stone of Israel." Look at these affirming words. Jacob was reunited with his long lost son. And he heard and he probably heard the story of all the places his son was sold into slavery, went up into Potiphar's house, thrown into prison, rose to the top of Pharaoh's household. And, and now is ruler over Egypt, number two in command of this mega power of the world at that time. And here he's saying to his son, you were beaten. Things were you, but you were strong. Wherever you were planted, your roots sunk deep and you could handle adversity. He was affirming his son and what's happened to him. Can I ask you a question real quickly? If you don't affirm people in your family, who will in this world today? There's not many people who are affirming. There's very few people who, who will come along and say, hey, I really like what I see in you. I am proud of you. Where accepting touch says, I love you. You're welcome into my life. I accept you. Affirming words literally mean I'm proud of you. You're doing a great job. I like what I see when I'm watching your life. If you have a critical event to yourself and you're kind of always seeing what's wrong with something. We are preventing the blessing from going into the lives of people in our family. And so therefore, any of us who have more of a critical bent and kind of the cap, cup half empty bent, we need to begin when, with our words, with what we like about people in our family. Leave the rest for now unsaid. And I know that, that you tend to go, I I know, but if I, if I give them only good news and not any negative words, boy, I'll tell you, something's going to happen to them. Just they already know the negative words. You've already said them. Step away from them right now. And try to be positive with them when you're giving them a compliment. Don't use the word, but Hey, you really look great today, but your grades stink. Okay. Most will hear what's after the but. So keep the but out of your affirmation. Okay. And I do that many times I found I was I was uh, downloading a ministry or downloading how someone's doing and I would go man You're doing great. I love these three areas and I would take for granted even the compliment to address the but and How many uh, when you leave a place go boy, that was really good, but And it just becomes a habit with us And so whenever we affirm people only hear the negative side of things Keep that out. Let your words stand let your let your positive words stand If you have a pattern of comparing Pairing your spouse or your children to others or even yourself like that's not the way I would do it Or why aren't you doing it this way? We've got to step back from comparing and accepting them for who they are in our lives See god has wanted to to make us complete with with our families And he didn't all, you know, just make cookie cutters of families. We all know that. We live with different people. And the more differences, the more opportunities there are for conflict. And so we want to step away from comparing and we want to study our family and highlight the things about them that you love and admire with affirming words. Your words profoundly form and establish someone. That's why it's important for you to say, I really like how you did that. I, I, it was awesome to watch you run yesterday. It's good that God is using you in your school. I believe you can do this with the help of God. With each of my sons, I selected three words that I observed in them over the course of their lives. And I remember just with James, it was, you're a positive man of kindness and character. I just looked over the course of his life. The three positive things I've really admired about him were those three words. With jack you're an encouraging man of of exhortation and enthusiasm and and jack has always been that in our family outside of our family I've always encouraged him with those three words. Nathan, you're a loyal man of love and leadership I've just seen a very caring young man in him Now there are three negative words. I could have for each one of my boys I choose not to do that They know that they deal with those realities And I'm there to help them through that when they ask now. But the reality that I want to really bring out is what I see them at their best and and who God is trying to develop in them. And so I affirm them because what I affirm and celebrate, guess what? That tends to get repeated. And when you're speaking words of affirmation, when you have to correct, it's easy then for me to pull back and go, hey, that attitude, Jack, when you brought that in here, that wasn't really encouraging and you're a man of encouragement. So tell me what's going on with you. It's a better way to correct than knock off that attitude. Go back out and come back into this room with a better smile on your face, okay? That's kind of leveling people. It's not affirming. You have an opportunity to do that. And just by being intentional, it can go a long way. Make sure you affirm the right things early. Parents of, if you have a child under five, who's, who's here who has a child under five? Okay, awesome. I remember when our kids were under five and things were kind of always screaming and running around the house and, and you're wondering, how do I affirm this child? Anything that you see, of the character of God in them, you need to affirm. I love the way you shared your toys with your friends i loved how you forgave your younger brother who bit you today that was really good and you start crafting a picture for them through your words that affirms them i think about how many times a parent corrects their child and pretty much there comes a time when we go over the waterfall where it's any time they annoy us we let them have it and so we don't affirm them think about what we're saying we're burdening them. We're not blessing them. And so then there's also, in addition to that, is adding high value. You give your children worth. You remind them of their worth with their heavenly father. When you give and add high value to, to your children, you're basically saying you are priceless. Look at what jacob says he says by the god of your father who will help you by the almighty who will bless you with blessings of heaven above blessings of the deep that crouches beneath blessings of the breasts and of the womb What this literally means is this is kind of an ancient blessing If you lived in the ancient world your greatest angles of prosperity were rain lots of rain for your crops Lots of blessing from the land for your flocks and then your family, your children, how many children you had, because that was the picture of prosperity. And here's Jacob is saying this is may you have heavy rains from above. May you, the ground be fertile and may your family be fertile with more children. And that's the picture. He was saying, may God bless you to the max. You add high value through your blessing. We have a heavenly father who demonstrated how priceless we are to him by sending his one and only son, Jesus Christ. So that as Romans 5, 8 says that God showed us his love in this, that while we were still sinners, in other words, when we didn't even deserve it, Christ died for us. God knew we couldn't live to be perfect. And so we need to stop trying to be perfect because Jesus came and lived a perfect life for us. God knew that we couldn't stand his wrath And his punishment for our sin So he has sent jesus in our place to die in our place and pay the price for our sin and to take the wrath that he had for us God knew that we couldn't rise from the dead That's why jesus rose on the third day defeated the power of sin and death in our lives everything we have with god is because God gave his priceless son for us What is he saying about us? See worth is not found And what you do in life worth is not found in your income It's not found in your position. It's not even found in your family background Worth is found in the person and the work of jesus it's god who shows us how Priceless we are who reminds your children that they're priceless in the eyes of their heavenly father You do You do who reminds a spouse who's worried and anxious and struggling with depression and anxiety that she has great worth. Her husband does. Who who tells a husband that he's got what it takes to land this next job that she believes in him, that he makes enough? Who's who shows him that if not you? okay? we've been placed in a family to be a blessing. And so, therefore, we uh, we give honor. We give value to people around us. Many times when we correct, we tend to bring people down. We t- tend to burden them with shame and guilt. Why didn't you do that? How many times do I have to tell you? And all of that implies you're stupid. <laughs> you don't know how to do this. And if you've heard that, it doesn't really bring out an angle of pricelessness to God. And so instead of being a burden, we can be a blessing by adding high value. If you live with the gift of sarcasm, which many times I thought that was a gift from the Holy Spirit. But I checked and it's not. Sarcasm, just like whistling, is fun for one person. So it's passive. Uh, A a psychologist would say that it is passive-aggressive behavior. Don't be passive with a blessing. Don't let your kids... I I have two of my kids who are extremely literal, so sarcasm just is not great with them. What did you mean by that, Dad? What are you saying about me when you say that, Dad? I am so thankful they asked that question because most will just interpret what they think I said. And so I've got to pull back and add and give them high value, honor them, give them dignity. In a sexually charged country where, you're, where people kind of look at each other of what I can get from you, people are exploited. When people join into relationship for what they can get or how you'll perform with them, boy, that just moves us all down to a meat market. And folks, we have greater dignity and greater value than that. And who is to restore value on earth? A dark, broken world. Followers of Christ are. Because we have a God who created us in his image and gives dignity, male and female. He created us. Add high value. Tell them they're priceless. Show them that that you value them. And then there's illustrating a future vision. Look what it says in Genesis 49, verse 26. It says, The blessing of your father are mighty beyond the blessings of my parents. Up to the bounties of the everlasting hills. May they be on the head of Joseph, on the brow of him who is set apart from his brothers. It's basically saying, boy, I thought I had blessings, but look at you. And certainly he saw that in the life of Joseph. Joseph stored up grain beyond measure in the, in the, in the nation of Egypt so that all the world was seeking it. It was kind of like, wow, what happened to me is just exponential in you. I see you leading well in that environment, well into the future. He was crafting a vision of the future. Why do we need a vision of the future? Because most of us don't operate with a lot of hope. Think about when you correct and how you've been corrected over the years. It's easy to say this. Don't do that or you'll ruin your life. Or this one. Stop being so picky. I actually heard this one from a single woman. Her parents said, stop being so picky. No one ever's going to marry you. (laughs) Yeah, that hurts. That hurts. And what is that really saying? You got to compromise just to get married. No, that's not the vision you want. The vision you want to say is the character of God. A vision of her or him living that a life that's successful in the future. How many times have we corrected? If you keep that up you'll never be successful in life. Or how many times have we say you never do this, you always do that. Those words are brought in to kind of tear down to t- kind of that's how we curse our family. What you bless Tends to be prophecy What you curse Can also be prophecy We've got to be careful with that and be wise When we craft a future vision for someone in our family We're basically say I see in you someone And so when we do this, we're literally say I see god using you even greater in the future than he is right now I can't wait if you're in marriage. I can't wait to grow old with you. What does that say? That's a future picture hey, we can lose everything, but I still have you. I can't wait to be with you. That's crafting a picture of the future. I remember I was in an environment with um, my wife. It was her birthday last Sunday. We went out to um, brunch so that she wouldn't, we didn't do any cooking on that Sunday and We go to brunch and we're all sitting around and Jack shows up a little bit late and he goes, hey, mom, so good to see you. Wow, you look beautiful today. I love that. Did you just get that shirt? And my wife went, well, yes, I did. Thanks for noticing that. And I just sunk down in the booth, you know, one of those things like "Oh, I didn't encourage my wife today. I'm more of a blessing, a burden to her than a blessing. But I got over that and I said, Jack, it's really good to see you. And I had time with Jack on Monday. And I said, man, I just saw something in you that I want you to let you know. You're going to be a great husband because you observe things and you call them out and you encourage and you, you affirm someone, you craft a picture with them and. That's just going to be awesome. You know, parents, you can draw that out. When you see the character of God in them, it's really easy for you to say, man, just think about this. You're only in third grade. Can you imagine when God gets a hold of your heart in in junior high, what you can do, or middle school? You're crafting the vision for the future. Every guy wants to know, do I have what it takes? And boy, we need people around us who say, yeah. Because when we don't have that blessing... My goodness, we're going to look for it in all the wrong places. I know guys in their 50s and 60s who dad never said, man, you've got what it takes. I know. I just I know what God's doing in your life and it's going to be OK. They've never had that. And they are high productivity. They are are the, you know, maximum people in life. And they're still trying to prove to death, dad, that they have what it takes. Don't let that be hanging in your family. Craft a future vision people need a picture of hope especially when we mess up We need a picture of hope be that blessing and finally engaging support This is this is support that literally says I will always be here for you Look at verse 25 and it's going back just a few verses just want to highlight this passage It says by the god of your father who will help you See that The God of your father, Abraham, the God of your father, Isaac, the God of your father, me, Jacob, that's your father. That's your heavenly father. He's going to help you. He's going to be the one in your life who leads and directs you. And that points back to Genesis chapter 12, where God said to Abraham, I will bless you. I I will make your name great so that you will be a blessing. See that again? It comes full circle. We've been blessed to, to be a blessing. What this literally means is that we, you, you need to be able to say, even at some of the worst times when things don't make sense, to say, you can count on me too, and just explain what that looks like. I'll always be here for you. No matter what you do, call me. Hey, I'll get over the car being totaled. Call me. Because It's easy for us to make those statements before they even happen Well, if that happens you're out forget it. You're on your own because we want to separate But we really need to be that blessing It doesn't mean we show up and rescue them all the time, especially in their adulthood years But it means we're there for them. It means they can count on us to support them Take a look at these five Let me just ask the question. What does your family need in an area of blessing? Maybe one of your kids changed their, their major three times in the last year and they don't have a good picture of the future. How can you speak uh, and give a vision for the future to them right now? That's a way you could be a blessing to them. Uh, let's say that no one ever touched you, so you're not touching anyone else. And you could be more affirming with your touch and accepting. Maybe you need to try that a little bit. Maybe your words haven't been good and if you just uh, to compare the amount of positive with the amount of negative words You haven't been affirming you've been correcting, but you haven't been affirming Maybe that's an area you need to make a quick or a a tweak in your life Remember getting unstuck begins when we intentionally Identify an area of growth and commit to a two-month plan And then once we do that we just live that plan with your family I'm going to share you one thing I did for two months that had incredible results and it didn't take a whole lot. I wrote on a three by five card words that were affirming to each person in my family before on a Monday morning. I would write it before they went to school and I would just go, James, I really love what God is doing in your life. Here's a verse I thought of when I was thinking about you today. I write the verse down. I love you, dad. Jack, and I just do that? It didn't take me long. And I did three by five because the other things are just too daunting. Something like this, a big sheet of paper. I'm sorry, I just can't. That's That was too hard for me at that time. I couldn't sustain that. So every Monday I did that and I left it out on the countertop and each one as they filed through, hey, thanks, dad. My wife would go, thanks, honey. And go off, they would go to work. Everything would be good. And I wondered, what's the long-term effect of this? Well, few months after it, I happened to walk into each one of my kids' rooms just to take a look around. Guess what I saw? On their bulletin board, I saw every three-by-five card I wrote them. Something about it, I didn't realize how powerful a blessing could be in the lives of my family. All that took was a few minutes, and, and it went a long way. Hey, can I even say this? Students, sons, daughters... What it would it look like to even encourage mom and dad that way? It takes so little, but the impact goes so far. Do you know how many moms are wondering, do I have what it takes to meet the demands of this family? Do you know how many dads are going through difficult times who you could encourage and build up? Folks, this applies to all of us. Think with me. If we all just wanted to be a blessing, I believe you are here It's all the other things you could do with your time on a sunday morning. You're here because you want to be a blessing So what does that look like for you? Share it with your family And act on it just a two-month plan. Every one of us can do one thing for two months It's a real easy thing take that step and be a blessing and in doing so You will reflect a heavenly father who loves to bless his children Let's pray heavenly father. We thank you so much for your love for us We thank you so much for your blessings. There's blessings we know about, and there's blessings we don't know about that we aren't quite aware of, but we thank you for loving to bless your children. We want to be people who respond to you in faith through Jesus Christ, and we want to be people who live that blessing in every environment in our lives. Begin with us in our families. For it's in Christ's name I pray, amen.